Good morning and welcome to worship at Kern Church. My name is Will and I'm the pastor and it's a joy to be with you today. Here at Kern Church, we're committed to creating belonging and hope by connecting you to a life renewed by Jesus and deeply committed to uh, other folks. And my hope for you today is that you experience that. You experience God's hope in your life and sense of belonging. Today's worship service is a bit different than perhaps that, that most of us are, are used to here at Kern Church. Today we're focusing specifically on prayer, and today's service is a service of prayer, of healing, and communion. There will be different prayers. Uh, some will be responsive prayers, some will be you know, kind of fr- free prayers, and some will be a chance for you to pray. And then we will be able to share in Holy Communion later on in the service, and there's also a chance for you to receive the anointing presence of God, uh, to be anointed with oil and prayed over for healing. And so this is all kind of part of our service and will help lead you through this service as, as we go on today. And my prayer for you, though, in the midst of it all, is that you really do find hope. You really do connect to the healing presence of God. Also inside your worship program, there are a list of some announcements of things that are happening in the life of the church. Specifically, we've got a few uh, new Connect events that we have available and really excited about as we, as we hear and enter uh, July. They're really towards the end of July, but we've got a churchwide pool party and cookout that's scheduled, and then also a family community hike that's scheduled for the next day. So um, really excited about that. And, and I just ask that you would, uh, if you're interested and want to join us for these, I hope that you will um, think about it at least, and to sign up online. Uh, you can call the church office if you need help signing up, but sign up online. That way we are able to have a count and know who's going to be there um, in the midst of that. You can always uh, scan the QR code or go to kernchurch.org next, and that will help you be able to, to sign up for this and find all this information online if you lose paper like I do. So let us, I want to invite you now um, to stand as you are able, and we're going to, to have a, a call to prayer. And this is, uh, this is a, a responsive call to prayer. I'll ask you to join me. And it's really, if, you, if you're continuing to pray our breakthrough prayer, this takes the words of our breakthrough prayer that allows us to pray them together. So please stand as you are able in, in, in spirit or body this day. And so I will pray the first part, and then you pray the part that's in bold. God, release the resurrection power of your Holy Spirit to break through and bring miracles of new hopes, dreams, and possibilities for our church and in my own life. Grant to us your boldness to follow Jesus into your new and unknown future. May your Spirit come and your will be done. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, everlasting Father, the great I Am, Sovereign Lord, we lift our eyes and our hearts to you. Thank you, Father, that when all around us is dark, you are our light. When there seems to be no way forward, you are our way. When we are brokenhearted, you touch and heal our hearts. You see us, you know us, you hear us. Jehovah Rapha, you are our great healer. When changes threaten to overwhelm us, you are the one constant, never changing. We can take refuge in you. Almighty God, you are our redeemer and source of our strength. 
you are creator. Jesus, you are love incarnate. Holy Spirit, you motivate and empower us to love and to serve. Thank you, Father, that when circumstances lay us low and appear overwhelming, we can lift our eyes to you and know you are merciful and kind and good and your love endures forever. Amen. I'm going to read Psalms 103. Let my whole being praise the Lord. Let everything inside me bless his holy name. Let my whole being bless the Lord and never forget all his good deeds. How God forgives all your sins, heals all your sickness, saves your life from the pit, crowns you with faithful love and compassion, and satisfies you with plenty of good things so that your youth is made fresh like an eagle's. The Lord works righteousness, does justice for all who are oppressed. God made his ways known to Moses, made his deeds known to the Israelites. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, very patient and full of faithful love. God won't always play the judge. He won't be angry forever. He doesn't deal with us according to our sin or repay us according to our wrongdoing. Because as high as heaven is above the earth, that's how large God's faithful love is for those who honor him. As far as east is from the west, that's how far God has removed our sin from us. Like a parent feels compassion for their children, that's how the Lord feels compassion for those who honor him. Because God knows how we're made. God remembers we're just dust. The days of a human life are like grass. They bloom like a wild flower, but when the wind blows through it, it's gone. Even the ground where it stood doesn't remember it. But the Lord's faithful love is forever ago to forever from now for those who honor him. And God's righteousness reaches to the grandchildren of those who keep his covenant and remember to keep his commands. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. You divine messengers, bless the Lord. You who are mighty in power and keep his word, who obey everything he says, bless him. All you heavenly forces, bless the Lord. All you who serve him and do his will, bless him. All God's creatures, bless the Lord. Everywhere throughout his kingdom, let my whole being bless the Lord. God, we continue to worship you and seek you and praise you. Fill us, O oh God. Fill your children. Amen. It, today marks the one-year anniversary of me coming to Kern Church as your pastor. And, um, oh, thanks. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that, but I'll take it. Um, I, I uh, have several, several friends and colleagues that have shared similar pronouncements on, on social media. I have many colleagues who are moving right now, um, two of whom are coming to the greater Knoxville area. I'm really glad that, that they're coming to Knoxville to be able to, to, to be closer to one another and to, to share in ministry together. Um, but I was, I was kind of taken from several colleagues who, who were sharing about, about how they were so glad to be able to start another year or another, you know, that some, some that have been in their churches for quite some time. 
And uh, I, I, I find myself in the midst, of, I don't know if I would have realized that this was like the anniversary unless all these other people were talking about their anniversaries at their churches. Just so happens they all happen July 1st, which is convenient. But um, I, it, it, this, this kind of thought really got myself and, and for me started re- reflecting on, on this past year. On, on how much change has happened in my own personal life in this past year and, and what's happened in our life together as a congregation. When I look back on this year, two things, two themes really come up. And the first is that God is good. Like, God is good. God is great, anyways. But God is good. And the second thing that comes up is the, the second part of that, so it's really one thing, is that God is good, and if it weren't for God, none of us would be here, okay? If, it, if God is good, and if it weren't for God, none of us would be here. You and I are here today, specifically here at this church, through the power of prayer, through God's resurrection power that is showing up and continuing to show up in our midst. I don't think a year ago I would have realized this. I don't think a year ago I had any idea on the types of, of, of goodness of God that you and I would, would be forced to rely upon as a people journeying with Jesus together. So as we focus on prayer today, I want to share with you something about the power of prayer, especially the power of prayer here at Kern Church. Last fall, I was, um, I was new as your pastor. I, I was also uh, uh, made a father again. We had another, like another baby. Uh, that's how that happens. Uh, and so I, I have as a new church, learning a new congregation, uh, learning how to, how to live life again with, uh, with a newborn, and then also with three other kids. And, and also our life trying to get adjusted to a new city and in a new place and in a new home. And uh, in the midst of this, I didn't realize this at the time, but in the midst of this, it became clear that the future of Kern Church as a, like, as a church was very much brought into question. If you were here with us during this time, you might recall this. Um, this, this previous, the previous years of leadership difficulties that, that many of you have been through, of, of COVID closures and of internal and external threats, resulted in a very difficult financial position for our church. And I want to tell you, this sermon is, is not about money at all, other than uh, reflecting back for just a few moments. And let me just say, it is hard to overstate how difficult the financial position that we were facing was. And I say was very intentionally. Um, it's, it's easy for, for certain people to talk doom and gloom about finances to try to get people to give more money, and maybe that works. But that's not what I'm doing, okay? The, the financial situation was very, was very dire, and it's hard to overstate how difficult that position was. The actual spending of our church, the approved spending, the budgetary spending, this isn't like people doing things they shouldn't be doing, was $20,000 over our income. So over our, 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 our revenue, over our gifts that, that, that you and I were giving to the church, our spending, we had a spending problem of, of over $20,000 a month 
greater than what we were bringing in. Now, I don't know how you run your household, but um, that, would, that would eat up my savings rather quickly as it was doing for our congregation, and our bank accounts were rapidly depleting to the event that like, in just a few weeks we, we, we would have run out of, out of funds. I mean, that's a crisis, right? That is a financial crisis. And even though I mentioned our financial crisis of last year, of 2022, this is not a, a stewardship sermon. This is not a money sermon. In fact, I'm not really going to mention money anymore. But I, I think that, that that dire financial picture illustrates the idea that it's only by the grace of God that you and I are here. We had some difficult meetings, and one of your lay leaders said, you know, we have a decision to make. We can either wind down our ministry as a church, or we can live into God's future. And you chose to live into God's future. And this message is about prayer. In the midst of this crisis, God helped me realize that we had managed our way into a crisis but that we would not be able to manage our way out of it. That it would require the power and the provision of God. God was going to have to move in a miraculous way for Kern Church to have a future of blessing, not as staying open, because staying open for the sake of staying open is silly, but have a future for us to be able to bless our community here on East Tennessee Avenue. And, and with this realization, I got up and uh, shared with you a vision of prayer, a vision of power in prayer. And so today I want to recall some of what I shared back then and to re-speak it to remind you of God's amazing power. Now, I don't expect you to remember my sermon from many, many months ago, so maybe I could just like preach it again and it'd be all new and nice for you and that'd be great. But, but I, 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 if, if uh, the, the plagiarism filters are there, it's, it's because, yes, I am recalling many of the things that, that I shared in, in the past because I, I, I believe on this point, at this side of this crisis that we faced last year, we're not in a crisis anymore, that we, we are able to see this through the eyes of God. And you see, we all face difficulties. I mean, difficulties are, are a part of life. I mean, many of you right now are facing really scary health-related health issues, really scary and difficult uh, health crises in your life. Some, some of you or some connected to us are, are, have their own financial crises right now, their own financial difficulties that, that people are, are facing right now. Or, or some have difficulties as it relates to the job, whether they're, they're underemployed or unemployed or just unhappily employed. And then some have, have difficulties with their living situation. Maybe, maybe you have difficulties in, in your marriage and your relationships with those that are closest to you. And some of these difficulties, of course, deal with mental health and, and just kind of worries of the internal spirit that people carry with them. But regardless, we all face difficulties. You and I, we all face difficulties. And these difficulties are nothing new to humanity. When the, when the Christian church was brand new, they faced severe difficulties. The Christian church, as a movement of faithful followers of Jesus, these are folks that knew what it was like to, to face difficulty and face a future of uncertainty. 
And they had, in fact, they faced a difficulty that was so severe that it had a power to put an end to the movement of God through the Christian church. Like, that's how serious the difficulties the early church was facing. What had happened is that Jesus had been killed, and of course, Christians believe that Jesus rose again, but Jesus had been killed, and so that those that were following after Jesus were, were kind of thrown aside. And then after they experienced the resurrection and, and received the power of the Holy Spirit, they began to follow after God's ways of salvation and began to share God's, God's newness of resurrection and life. But they also faced threat themselves. And their threat, the, face, the threats that they faced, were the same threats that Jesus faced. I mean, the early leaders of the church, it was, they were arrested often, and, and most of them would, would be executed at some point in, in their life. Um, but at this very early stage, it was not clear that the church would continue as a movement of God because of the threat from the outside forces. So before, before the church really gets off the ground, the church is facing not just closure due to like some financial difficulties, but like death, real death. And, and we have these two church leaders, Peter and John, and they're in jail. And the authorities have arrested them, and, and they're threatening them and doing all this stuff, and, and, and they're, they're trying to make it clear that, that they could face the same threat that their, um, that their follower, or that Jesus had faced, that they could really be, be taken out the way that Jesus was. And if you have a Bible and want to follow along, I'm going to be looking at Acts chapter 4, beginning in verse 23. And, and something kind of miraculous happens is that Peter and John, who are leaders of the church, they are arrested, but then they're just kind of let go. They're kind of let out, and, and it doesn't really explain what they're, what, why they get let go. I, I think it's perhaps the power of God that, that they get let go, but the authorities let them go and basically let them off with a warning. They're just, hey, don't do this anymore. Don't preach about Jesus anymore. And they're like, yeah, okay. Um, and so, they, so they, go, they go back to the other followers of Jesus and it's there that we read what happens next in Acts chapter 4, beginning in verse 23. After they were released, they went to their own people, this, this is the leaders of the church, went to their own people and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they raised their voices together to God. When they heard it, they raised their voices. The church raised their voices together to God. So what did they do in the face of extreme difficulty, in the face of, of the threat of, of death, of closure, the, the kind of difficulty that even seems unimaginable today? They went back to church. They went back to church, the same thing that had got them in trouble in the first place. They went back to the other faithful followers of Jesus Christ, and, and, and they started to pray. They started pray, raising their voices to God. And here's what they prayed in verse 24. Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth, the sea and everything in them, it is you who said by the Holy Spirit through your ancestor David, your servant, why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples imagine vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers have gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. For in this city, in fact, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel gathered together against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look at their threats. What do they do? They prayed about their difficulties. 
They, they ascended their prayers to the Lord. They prayed about their difficulties. Oh God, why do people hate you? Oh God, why do people hate you? Why do the rulers and, and influencers of this world gather against Jesus, the Savior? They, they, they said, even right here where we live, in our own hometown, the, the government conspired against you and killed Jesus, whom you sent to save everyone. And now, Lord... The difficulty remains. The threats continue. And now their threats aren't just against Jesus, but their threats are against us. They put a target on our backs. Oh Lord, oh Lord, we fear what, what may be next. We fear we may be next. And can you hear the difficulties they're facing? And then they ask God for something about halfway through verse 29. If you're following in your own, own Bible, they, they say, they pray, grant to your servants to speak your word with all boldness. While you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. In the face of difficulties that surrounded them, in the face of the difficulties that surrounded them, they prayed for boldness. They prayed for boldness. They could have prayed for protection, right? They needed protection. Lord knows they needed protection. They could have said, God, protect us from, from the hands of our enemies, but they didn't. They, they could have prayed for comfort. I mean, Lord knows they needed comfort too. I mean, the, the two of them had just been in jail and chained up and, and shackled, and, and then, then they're sent back. They could have prayed for comfort. Lord, help us be more comfortable. They could have prayed to get by just a little bit longer. Lord, help us Lord, help us have enough just to get by just a, a, a little bit longer. But instead, they prayed for boldness. For boldness. They prayed for boldness to face the future unafraid, to boldly walk into the ministry that Jesus had entrusted to them. And then in verse 31, God responds, and we read, when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the Word of God with boldness. I prayed, or I preached these same words to you, or similar words, I guess, back in the fall. And I asked you to, to join me in prayer, to join me in, in praying for boldness. I asked you to, to stop trying to manage the decline of the church and instead to, to ask for the boldness to face the future unafraid and to reimagine what God is asking of you today. And then in the weeks that followed, in the few weeks later, we introduced our breakthrough prayer to be prayed daily at 11.01. Asking for, for God's resurrection power to bring new, new, new hopes and, and dreams and possibilities to our church. Asking for the miracles of God's resurrection power to bring new, new, new miracles of new hopes and dreams and possibility to our church and into, into your lives. And you prayed with me. We prayed together. And in fact, this is the prayer that we opened our worship service with today. And thanks be to God, you and I are witnesses to God's miracles. Through the miracles of God and your faithfulness, Kern Church was, was delivered from a potential abyss of financial crisis into a new future. 
We, we have opportunities today in the near future to, to dream again and to discern what, what God desires of His church here at Kern in this next season of ministry. And none of this would be possible without the provision and miracles of God. We have an opportunity to dream again about how God wants to use us to, to bless our community to those that are experiencing loneliness and despair in their homes and to bring hope and healing to all those that are hurting and alone. And the last thing I want to share with you about this prayer, about this prayer that was, that was prayed in the early church and our breakthrough prayer, is that it's not just about miracles. Miracles in our church. It's not just about miracles that we share in our life together. Because these prayers are also about the miracles in, in each of our lives. The movement of God in your life. It's not just about our shared life as a congregation. It's about the movement of God in your life. You see, the early church prayed for boldness. And they asked God to, to stretch out God's hand to heal. To heal. And to bring signs and wonders to bring miracles of new hopes and dreams and possibilities in the lives of those that were there and in the lives of those that they would reach. And this same resurrection power, the same resurrection power that made God's miracles present at Kern Church is also active to bring miracles in your life. It's also active to bring miracles in your life. Many of you have shared of some of these miracles. And right now we're moving to a time in our worship to invite God's miracles and touch in your life. So I invite you as we continue to move in worship to be open to the movement of God. To be open to the movement of God in your life. To, be, to open your heart and your soul to the miracles and to the healing that only God can make possible. Let's pray. Oh God, you are the one. When that church, when the church prayed and asked for boldness, you are the one that responded. You are the one, oh God, that, that said, Yeah, I, I, I will respond to that. I will bring and usher in to a sense of boldness. And, and then you stretched out your hands. You stretched out your hands, dear one, and brought healing. So I pray as we move now into this, this next portion of our worship service, that your same resurrection power will continue to move. And your same Spirit will move in the hearts of all who are here and all who pray. Amen. Dear ones, Jesus... Jesus said, come to me, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. May our sharing and communion give you rest and provide you with strength. And then the apostle, following many years later, the apostle wrote that, that all who are sick should call on the elders of the church and, and have them pray over them anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. That the prayer of the faithful will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up and that anyone who committed sins will be forgiven. 
Therefore, I now invite you into a time of confession. To ask you to confess your sins to one another. To pray for one another. So that you and we all may be healed. Let all who come for rest in the Lord, let all who come for healing in the Lord, join in this confession. And the confession that we have is written in your order of worship. And I invite you to to pray it with me. I invite you to pray it with me. We confess to you, all-knowing God, what we are. We are not the people we like others to think we are. We are afraid to admit even to ourselves what lies in the depths of our souls, but we cannot hide our true selves from You. You know us as we are, and yet You love us. Help us to not shrink from self-knowledge. Teach us to respect ourselves for Your sake. Give us the courage to put our trust in Your guiding power. Raise us out of the paralysis of guilt and to the freedom and energy of forgiven people. And for those who long, through, through long habit, find forgiveness hard to accept, we ask You break their bondage and set them free. Through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. Dear ones, believe the good news. Believe the good news. And Jesus... Christ, you have forgiveness. So let us come seeking hope and seeking healing. Holy are you, Almighty God. Blessed is your Son, Jesus the Christ, the one who lets it be well. The one who called all who are burdened and heavy laden and gave them rest. You're the one who healed the sick and fed the hungry and ate with sinners. Oh God, Jesus, the one who cast out demons and showed us the way to You through faith. The one who took suffering upon Himself that each of us may be cleansed of our sins and receive eternal life by the baptism of His suffering death and resurrection. You gave birth to Your church delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. It's part of the work of healing that Jesus left us with. He left us with this blessed sacrament to remind us of His love, to invite us into His grace and extend to us the blessed presence of His renewal. So as the church, O oh people of God, we recall that on the night in which Jesus gave Himself up for us, He took bread, blessed it, gave thanks to God and said, this is My body, which is given for you. Eat this in remembrance of Me. And when the supper was over, He took the cup gave thanks to God and said, this is the blood of the new covenant which is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Drink this as often as you do in remembrance of Me. Let us pray. Pour out Your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and the cup. 
Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by His blood. By the same Spirit, O God, heal us in body, mind, and soul, cleansing away all that would separate us from You. And as Your holy apostles anointed many who were sick and healed them, so pour out Your Holy Spirit again on us and on this gift of oil, that those whom in faith and repentance receive this anointing may be made whole. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, with Your Holy Spirit and Your Holy Church, all honor and glory is Yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. This is the body of the Lord given for you. This is the cup of salvation given for you. It is my responsibility this morning to lead us in a corporate prayer. I don't think you need me to tell you that corporate prayer is hard because corporate prayer requires at its best that we're all on the same page with each of these prayer requests we'll be thinking about. And I know that each of you have your own concerns and immediate needs and all those things. But if it does anything at all, corporate prayer reminds us of our connectedness and how our peace and our joy and all those things are connected to each other and we depend on those things spread all around us. It's just like the body of Christ. If the whole body is not well, it's not right. And I hate that you might hear it from me this morning, but there was another shooting this morning. When I read it at 7 o'clock, it was breaking news. And so this just reminds us how much we need each other. It is simply a, a call for mercy on ourselves. And the corporate response is, Lord, have mercy at each place where there's a pause like that. So I will read these, and I would like to commit these thoughts to your own well-being and actions this week. Please join me in the prayers of the people. With these prayers, we as community ask for God's redemptive presence in the church, the world, our community, and our individual lives. With all our heart and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord this morning, saying, Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the world, for the welfare of the holy church of God, and for the unity of all peoples, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For Will, our pastor, for Anne, our district superintendent, for Deborah, our bishop, and for all the clergy and people, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For Joe, our president, for the leaders of the nations, for Bill, our governor, for all leaders of our state, and for all those in authority, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For Oak Ridge and every city and community, and for those who live in them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the world, especially in Ukraine and in other nations at war, that a spirit of respect and forbearance may grow among nations and peoples, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the good earth which God has given us, for the wisdom and will to preserve it and prosper it, let us pray to the Lord. 
Lord, have mercy. For the aged and infirm, for the widowed and orphans, for the sick and the suffering, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the poor and the oppressed, for the unemployed and the destitute, for the prisoners and the captives, for all who remember and care for them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who have commended themselves to our prayers, for our families, friends, and neighbors, that being freed from anxiety, they may live in joy, peace, and health. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Almighty and eternal God, ruler of all things in heaven and earth, mercifully accept the prayers of your people and strengthen us to do your will. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. 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 I want to thank you for your prayer today. I pray that God's Spirit has moved in your life and in your heart. And I hope that you will not let prayer stop here. In fact, this portion of our service is focused on praying for our world. And there is, I invite you to take this order of worship with you because there is a a breakthrough prayer here that you can pray for your neighbors. It says, God, release the resurrection power of your Holy Spirit to break through and bring miracles of new hopes, dreams, and possibilities for. For. And those are the people you pass on your walk. Those that you encounter in the stores and all in your community. I invite you to take that with you, to carry this prayer with you into all the world. Please receive this blessing. May the God of all grace keep you this day. May the power of the Holy Spirit send you forth this day and grant you all peace. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks for listening. If you want to reach out to Kern Memorial United Methodist Church or see entire services, you can visit our YouTube channel, Kern Memorial United Methodist Church, and remember to like and subscribe for updates. You can also visit us on our Facebook page at Kern Memorial United Methodist Church. Thanks and have a blessed day.